I'm Kevin O'Coin. I'm Brian Ackley. Happy to be here. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast. Buddy, are you wearing your Watertown Country Club shirt? Sure, sure am. What a what a Good. what a spot that is through the zoom lens. Great call, Kev. I believe you yourself have one of these bad boys. I have that exact one. That's actually one of my favorite polo. It's uh it's my one of my favorite like spring or fall polos because it's a little thick. So do you C's. have this exact color? Yeah. What would you call this color? Maybe an emerald. Emerald. Because it's not like a it's not like a dark forest green. There's almost like a little bit of blue. It's like a dark right. green with a little bit of blue in it, right? Right. Yeah. I feel like navy blue gets slapped with a type of green and they mix together to all right. Just if you were like, dude, that's green, I would have been like, oh shit, I maybe need to. Well, I would say, like, meal. if you had to give it like a, a basic color, I yeah, would I'd say start with green. I would start with green over blue, but it's it's certainly uh I would say it's its own it's its own color. Yeah, uh great material. Uh, I believe it's under armor. I think it is. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Uh yeah, no, great shirt. Gotta love when the shirt's free, you know. Um well, and, you know, I wouldn't say it's free. We earned it. Well, well, we did. We did. And, well, we, we earned it, but we didn't even pay to get into the tournament. But we played We paid the next year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, no one, 50% off. 50% and no off. one even knows how the winner of a Halloway scoring format works anyways. So it it's neither here nor there. Is that what it was called? Callaway? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was called Callaway scoring. Do you think what do you think came first? The the company or the scoring system? Has to be the scoring system, right? Like where else would Cal- where else would Callaway get their name? Callaway is a popular scoring system used for one-time events where a number of competitors just don't have an established handicap. What yeah, I've got a huge problem. I've got, I've got a huge problem with the scoring system right off the bat. And we don't need to get into this, but if you guys ever find yourselves in a tournament. And in the fine print, it says they are using Callaway scoring. Just be prepared to have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, just go out there, golf your ball, and wait for wait to hear your name thrown off, uh, thrown in on the uh, on the speakers. That's kind of what happened. Like we thought we the year we won, we just thought we were not in the mix at all. Maybe we're like, oh, maybe we'll get like third place or whatever. Then they announced us as winning, and we're like, wait a second, yeah, <laughs> how does this work? So the Callaway system is a worst holes calculation in that it uses up six of the player's worst holes in a round adjusted by a factor to obtain a handicap. That handicap is then subtracted from the player's gross score to obtain a net score. Now, I'm already lost, um, but yeah. if, if we phoned in John, I'm sure he'd be able to give us a great example that I still wouldn't understand at the end of it. Um, but neither here nor there. Don't just just stay away from the, that'll be uh, this week's bonus episode. We'll just get John Ackley on the horn and just have him break down the Callaway system for the yeah, boys. Don't Callaway scoring. Stay away from the CSS on that on that one. Um, yeah. But Kev, how, how was your week? I mean, we had an open we, we had a major championship. Um, playing very, very, very early on in the mornings. Um, oh, yeah. I got some golf in. I believe you played in a member guest over with Jack down at Sterling yep. Arms. 
Um, we had a we had a productive week uh, amongst the two of us and the golf industry as a whole. So I, we need to we need to dive it. Where do we want to start? Should we start with the open? Because I don't think we're going to really get too too deep that's, into it. That's okay. That's fine. Here here's my take. I was up at every morning at five a.m. watching. Um, oh, now, I w- I was too. Other than Saturday, because we we went camping Friday night into Saturday, so. I didn't get to watch. I remember the camping. Remember the camping. And we can touch on that later. If there's anything eventful you want to bring up about that. Um, Up early watching um, the core. It, I had a, I had an interesting opinion and I I don't know if I'm the only one. I just felt like it, it played very difficult for some golfers wave waves aside, like some players in some waves were great and some were off. I just felt like the course played very easy or it seemed to play very easy for some guys and then other guys just could not put it together um Um, so that's an interesting take i don't know if i so what i my takeaway from watching the golf was is that no one could maintain moment other than brian Harmon, obviously like hats off to brian Harmon, the guy who played great fucking four rounds obviously but i felt like no one could hold momentum like somebody would go out and they'd have a great first six holes or great first nine holes. But then there would be like, they'd just have a couple of random like doubles thrown in there, like in the middle of the round or late in the round. And they'd like fall off their horse kind of thing. Like that's, that's kind of what I was seeing. Um, it just seemed like a course that like, if you, if you kept the ball in play, you were totally fine. But as soon as you started getting wayward, you were totally fucked. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And, you know, he doesn't hit the ball very far. He hits a lot of fairways. It's a lot of greens. Um, so it, it it does make sense that, you know, he ended up being there to hoist the claret jug at the end of, at the end of 72 holes. But it just, I, what did he shoot on the weekend? One under? Um, I think he finished at 12 or 13 under and he was, yeah, I think he was two over on the two under on the weekend overall, or three. Um. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Because at the end of Friday, he was ten. He under, shot right? two under in round three and one under in round four. Yeah, um, and he finished at thirteen under overall, right? Yeah, one by yeah. six strokes. The the thing, I think, like a lot of the the world has been saying this, but the thing is, is like if he was not in the tournament, it was an amazing tournament. Oh, like yeah. there were so there, many guys it, bunched up around second. Oh yeah, and and it was so funny to see. And this always happens in opens, um, because there are so many guys that get into the field. Um, you you typically look at the leaderboard on Friday, and it's like, who the fuck are these guys? Oh, and yeah. then you look at the leaderboard Sunday, and it was Brian Harmon, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Young. Uh, I mean, every name uh, in the top of the leaderboard, you're like, oh, all right, I know these guys. All right, now, right. things are things are working themselves out. Um, it did look a little weird seeing Brian Harmon's name on the top of the leaderboard, not going to lie. Um, he just, I, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. I mean, he's consistent. He's a he's a great guy. Like, I just, I mean, it's, I don't it's what, think... like, good for you, but I, is it like Gary Woodland winning the PGA? Well, so I think the thing with Harmon is like, there's people out like there's John Rahm fans, there's Rory McIlroy fans, there's Justin Thomas fans, like, he's not a big enough name that like, there's people that are like fans of Brian Harmon, you know what I mean? And he's not even a guy that like, so I, 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 
he's he's obviously really good friends with Kiz, and I feel like I'm getting there's been a lot of like comparisons of him and Kiz. Like there are Kevin Kisner fans, but there's Kevin Kisner fans not because of him as a golfer. There's because of like the persona that he now has in like in social media from like being tight with Barstool and like he's just like a funny guy. Like Harmon is just a zero personality Kisner. So like there's no reason for any people like like golf fans know him, but if you're not a golf fan, you have no clue who that is. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And if you looked at either of them, you'd be like, so what do you do for work? Totally. I'm a professional golfer. And you're like, for real, like, what do you really, what do you really do? Like where? Something I did find out about Brian Harmon this week that I had no idea about. Apparently like when he was a kid and like playing like junior golf and like the AJGA, apparently he's like, like if there's like an MVP for the all time age, AGJ, a G J whatever it is hall of fame apparently it would be him apparently he just crushed junior golf okay all right well i mean most guys on the pj tour probably did in their respective areas you know a lot of no like even like you you hear like tour pros talk about it and like saying like it was like unheard of how good he was in junior golf i I don't know like what that necessarily means but uh apparently he was just like an unbelievable junior golfer so um, I uh, actually, I'm pretty blown away. I didn't look this up. When I said like uh, compared uh, Brian Harmon to Gary Woodland, I was just thinking of someone off the top of my head. I hadn't looked this up, but now I have the numbers in front of me. So Gary Woodland joined the tour in tw- uh, 2009. Brian Harmon joined in 2012. Yeah. Woodland's played in 338 events. Uh, Brian Harmon's played in 340 events, so okay. actually played in more. He has three PGA Tour wins to Gary Woodland's four. They each have a major. Woodland's got 10 runner-ups. Harmon has four. Um, top 10s, Harmon has 50. Woodland has 54. Top fives, Woodland has 29. Harmon has 24. Uh, Harmon's made oh, 32. Very million, similar. And Harmon's made 33.3 million. Cuts made the last thing of information already. They've been so close. Um, except Harmon has four runner-ups. Gary Woodland has 10. Gary Woodland has made 250 of his 338 cuts. And Brian Harmon has made 235 of the 340 cuts. So by the hair of his chinny chin chin, but pretty much in every one of the numbers, actually in every one of the numbers, um, Gary Woodland edges out uh, Brian Harmon. But pretty similar career very similar career that's like your that's like when you hear like the the phrase rank and file pga tour professional like that's those guys those guys that are just like they've been around for 12 years they've never lost their car they just make a ton of cuts like occasionally that they the stars align and they get into the top 10 you know what i mean like um and i'm i'm an idiot gary woodland won the u.s open at the pga championship but uh brian harman's wins what course was that um I know what I know what Brian Harmon's wins are. The John Deere and the Wells Fargo, I think, right? Yes. And then Woodlands was Transitions Championship. Uh I don't know about that. The Reno that. Tahoe Open. That sounds like a doozy. Um the waste management, solid US Open. That's a cool one. Solid. If you're gonna win, like if you're not gonna win a major, the players like win that. You know? I mean, if you're starting off with the transitions championship and then you flow into the Reno Tahoe Open, 
Um, you, you've got to really double check that these are PGA Tour. Yeah, events. the Reno Tahoe might be a pro am for all we know. Uh, well, he does have an additional win at uh 2011 at the Omega Mission Hills World Cup. Uh, that was a team event with Matt Kuchar. What an odd pairing a young Gary Woodland and Matt Kuchar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agree. That just seems weird. Um, all right. Well, enough Gary Woodland and Matt Kuchar. Um, it or uh, Brian Harmon and Gary Woodland comparisons. Um, our bets on the week. Um, we crushed it. I mean, guys, as a, it. as a unit, Kevin and I, we went five and one overall. The only one I didn't hit, uh, or that didn't hit, was Scotty Scheffler, top ten. Uh, I think he ended up being like a top twenty-five finish, though. So um and uh so i i uh, tommy fleetwood top 30 ricky fowler top 30 both those hit scotty shuffler top 10 did not and kev had fitzpatrick over burns ching louis over thegala cha-ching and spieth over morikawa cha-ching cha-ching i didn't tell you something too what i had a fourth tournament long matchup that i'm trying to pull up and let you know what it was and i i Got a draw on that one, but I combined all four of them into a parlay, so I did manage to. Uh, oh, there you go. I remember talking about Tagala not even making the cut last week on the podcast, and that sure shit happened. And uh, I mentioned Cam Smith not making the cut, and he actually only made the cut on the number. So Ryan Fox to beat Corey Connors, they must have shot the same because they uh, both made the cut. Very nice. So, yeah. um, that puts Kevin at 33 wins, me at 28 wins, five back. Got a lot to do. Got a lot to do. Um, we'll get to our picks for the always invigorating 3M Open um, in the at the TPC Twin Cities course later in the show. But um, doesn't 3M make the tape? Don't they make like scotch tape and shit? They make a lot of things that people don't realize they make. Um, yeah, they're almost like a Procter and Gamble kind of company. Like they just make everything. Yeah. Well, so I I feel that their marketing isn't big enough on so i think people are probably most familiar with them with like uh sticky tape things like that yeah um, adhesives uh i don't think people are know about like they do post-its like that's th- that's another big product of theirs um they 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 have so many products it was it, it was funny to see the today um they the just top. like sell supplies, like no matter right. what industry you're in, like whether it be like, like I'm just like looking at their website here, like they just sell supplies, like whatever your profession, whether you're an accountant or a surgeon, like you can get your supplies from 3M. Oh, yeah. Um, they're huge. They make over 60,000 products. Yeah, that's good. I'd love to see that warehouse. Anyway, um, I mean, anything from lubricants to adhesives and building materials to clean up supplies, coatings. Dental and orthodontics labeling, you know, they, they do it all over at 3M there in the twin cities of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So um, before we get to the 3M though, Kev, talk to me about your week. How was um, the member guest? Did they, did, did they treat you nice? How was the course? Um, how was the oh, yeah. play? Um, so the, and the if mem- there's anything that you want to talk about before that, um, feel free. I don't know if you'd go off before. Yeah. That. So I'm going to preface, I'm going to preface really quick. I got out, I went and played the member guest Sunday morning. I went out after work on Friday to play yeah. 18 because I wanted to try to go play. So there's a course near here that like 
tends to have faster greens than others. And like, I'm not used to playing on fast greens and Sterling farms greens are super fast. I'm like, oh, I'll go over there and play. Um, I played pretty well there. I tripled the first hole. Uh, and then I turned at uh, three over on the front. So that was sick. That's dope. Um, Eight good yeah. holes. Yeah. Um, and then I was even or one over on the back through three and the kid in front of me just had me come up and play with him because I just like caught up to him pretty fast on the back. And I proceeded to yank my drive left top two straight three woods airmail the green with an eight iron and triple that hole and just like played like shit on the back. But the, either way, the, the, the fact remains, I, uh, I was playing pretty well. So um, I said two bad holes, essentially shot like 10 over. Um, but okay. so I'm going into the, the member guest. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. We're, we're going camping Friday night. I left, I left the campsite Saturday afternoon, got back here, rested up. I got to leave Sunday AM early. I'm going to walk you through my day. Shotgun start 8 AM, Brian. I live in Albany, New York. We're playing in Stanford, Connecticut. It's about a two hour and 20 minute drive. Not the best length of drive for an 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. shotgun start, but with the camping and everything, I, I wasn't able to go stay at Jack's the night before or whatever. Yeah. So I leave at like 4.30 in the morning. Um, get down there. I'm feeling good. Go to the go to the range. And you know when you have a really good range session before a round, you're kind of like, fuck, because like oh, you yeah. want to have like, like that shitty one because like that's when you play good. Um. I had a really good range session before the round, Brian, and I, and it made me nervous. It made me nervous, but um, got there. See Jack. We meet up with the, his two buddies that we're playing with, uh, Justin and Kevin. Two Kevs in the group. That was good. Good vibes. Um, you were going to ask something, I think. What was that? Um, I was. Oh yeah, when you go to the range, typically, do you hit off mats or do you hit off the ground? Uh, they only have mats there, but I. Oh, at. You were hitting at Sterling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. Right. Yep. I I knew that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Continue. I mean, usually if I go to the range before a round, I want to hit off of grass though. If that's, I mean. Yeah. No. I I just I feel like I've found that I'll have misleading range sessions sometimes on the mat. I'm like, damn, like the, the, the I'm hitting it pretty good, and then you go out there on grass, you're like, well, I'm not hitting it too good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say Sterling itself had like very firm ground. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an easier transition than say going from mats to playing on a place that's like super wet. Yeah. I, I know so, about wet, wet. Um, but no member guests really, really well run, uh, run tournament. I would say it was crowded out there, Brian, there was two groups on every tee except for the par threes, I was told. So there was a lot of groups out there. Yeah. We started on 18. Um, you've played Sterling Farms a handful of times, the long par oh, yeah. five. Yep. Um, beautiful coming home hole. Oh, beautiful coming home hole. It was kind of a tough one to start on. It, it was also the long drive hole. So um, I guess that's not really what you want the first swing of the day either when you're trying to go for that. But um, bad start. We, we each missed the fairway. One of us went left. One of us went right. We ended up making par on the first hole, but overall we, we got out to a good start. We went par par. I'm going off of memory here. Birdie par 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 par. We, we made a bunch of pars. Basically we were one under through our first like nine or 10 holes. So we were like feeling really good, but we were also mm -hmm. like 
we were kind of just like zig and zagging like one person would make a par and the other person was just like not getting it done they were either yeah. making a bogey or like i i made a handful of like just like sloppy doubles i really wasn't hitting the ball very great and when i when i was making par i was just like kind of slapping it together kind of thing jack was really picking me up through the first few holes or whatever but then we got to the back jack was having some ailments he had something going on with his thumb which was was really fucking with him it was really fucking hot out there um we just started falling apart we ended up shooting i think five over and we were one under through like 10 or one under through like 10 or 11 so that was kind of frustrating yeah um but it was it was fun man that's a tough fucking course like, yeah it is i think for those guys so the guys were obviously me and jack jack plays there all the time and then it was his buddy who was a member and his guest was a guy who used to be a member but recently moved away and was just back in town and playing the member guest kind of thing mm-hmm. so um, I, I was saying to them, like, I'm, I think this is like a really good course to be your home course because it is so difficult that like anywhere else you go, golf must be kind of easy. Like that's a, it's a tricky course. A, the greens are super fast. It, it's, just, it's definitely a difficult course. And I think that playing difficult courses makes, helps you definitely get better. Um, the only tough comparison is when you get to greens because yeah, like the speed, I don't know. I feel like you either have it or you don't like after a couple putts, I'll adjust to a much slower green or a much faster green, but you just take me off of one course and drop me on a ne- next one. in my first putt, like I'm probably going to leave it like t- 10 feet short and like think I, yeah. So the, the greens there. So a, they were super fast. The pin placements were really difficult. Like yeah, when I'm man. telling you, like I was literally sweating over like 18 inch putts at some points because I'm like, at, at one point I had like a, probably a two foot putt for par on a par five. That was like slightly downhill. And like, I couldn't tell how much it was, if it was moving, it was moving left to right. And I couldn't tell how much it was moving because the guy that putted right before me probably had an extra foot and he was maybe like, six inches off my line yeah and his, he missed it low and it rolled like four feet past the hole oh boy Scary so stuff. i'm like oh fuck and also like i'm putting for par and it was a hole i think jack went ob off the tee so like i have to make this putt <laughs> like we're still one under at this point like i can't be the guy that misses the two foot putt to put us back at even um would you and there say, was a couple of those would you say that they they played uh tougher um in terms of the pin placements than the day we played at Kimi. Uh I'm trying to remember back to Kimi. In my instinct, I want to say yes for sure. Uh yeah, I, I, I would actually definitely say because like at Kini, I wouldn't say I had like a two foot putt and I was nervous about it at any point. Um not that I can recall at least. Um, but like these I'm talking about like unless you were six inches away, like I felt like there was no gimmies on the course. Gotcha. They were just, they were fast and they were in like really tough locations. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was, it was fun. I really want to go back there again. It's a really fun golf course to play. Definitely. It's such a cool layout. And I, and I, I said this to Jack a couple of times, but the way that they run their men's club, I don't know what it is about it, but like I f- almost felt like I was at a, a private course that day. Do you get that vibe when you're there? Um, 
uh, it might have just been because it was the the member guest event too so i mean it definitely it, it it's a nicer course like everyone is it, things are run efficiently um did you get the ranger to come up to you at all and let you know your pace of play no dude we were waiting all day. that was the other thing dude it got really fucking slow by the last like eight or nine holes and it was just, we were waiting on like almost every shot it, we played in like five and a half hours yeah it was that's about right was though brutal. i mean that's 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 kind of par for the course for member guests like yeah that's that's kind of what i was i was planning on a five hour round i thought it was really like the last couple of holes that I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like our second to last hole, we probably waited almost 10 minutes to tee off. And like, you could see the guys in front of us, like looking for balls. Like he like walks to the cart fairway, back to the cart, back to the fairway. All of a sudden he's like further up in the fairway. Now he's back at the cart. I'm like, what the fuck is this yeah. guy doing? Well, um, I mean, it was, it was interesting. Got, if you've got two foursomes per hole, I mean, you're already going to be in for a long day. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just, I mean, there's there's nothing you were going to do about it. And also, the um, they were talking about it too. They're like, if you want the play, pace of play to be faster, like don't put the pins where they are today either, because that's just going to slow everything down. Like when you you could see when people got to the greens, it was just like it took forever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um <clears throat> overall it, it was really really fun i wish i would have played better i shot <clears throat> excuse me i shot an 89 um and i think jack shot an 80 if i remember correctly um so neither of us really had our best stuff by any stretch of the imagination but we uh we had fun out there that's what's important that's what matters man and i mean in member guests and in, in tournaments like that you know sometimes uh, excuse me you really do need to just go out there with the mindset of having fun because you're a lot of the times you're gonna get even if you have a great round somebody's gonna surprise the hell out of you that somebody brought a ringer or somebody's a sandbagger or you know what have you like it's it's things like that where as long as yeah you, you had a good time uh yeah one thing i will say actually that um I, I kind of found interesting when I was in the moment of it, but I haven't been playing like I haven't played men's club golf in three years or so. I haven't played any sort of like organized event at all. I was like almost like nervous, like almost like a little anxious out there. Like it was the just like a different level best. of like, oh. oh, totally. I it was just, I was like a little bit out of my comfort zone. Like I just wasn't used to it. I hadn't played in like an organized event like that in so long. So I think that certainly added to not playing as well as i would have liked to but it was it like makes me want to do more of it yeah no i agree and i i still support um have bringing men's clubs to new york 2024 um you know I, i'm gonna I, be I, like fucking uh paul revere dude like the, dude, the men's clubs yeah. are coming the men's clubs are coming like what if you honestly just blew everyone's mind and you're like guys honestly i only take a five percent cut this is what it caught. And then everyone signs up and you're just like, well, I just made a quarter of a million dollars. I'm going to quit my job and make men's club leagues around New York for (laughs) my life. That's kind of what they do at town of colony. They have this thing. It's like an informal men's club. They call them, they're called the loop and they've literally been around since like the 1970s, but it's basically just like, 
an informal men's club. Like they play for pay for cash. Like they have like a, a pool going the whole year. And then at the end they play for like a big, like they have like one big year end tournament for like a buttload of cash. That's sick. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They need to go. They need to be overthrown and we need to get something. I agree. Something legit in here. Cause it is fun. And it, uh, but I, I will say there are nights before, like as weird as this sounds, I only really ever get nervous before a, a men's club event when I'm someone's partner. Like if it's just, you know what, that might've been it. I don't give a shit because it, at the end of the day, like I'm just trying to play as good as I can, but shit happens. And like, I'm, I'm just going to roll with the punches. Um, But when I'm someone's partner, like I'm constantly thinking about like, yo, don't fuck that up. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, Dude, that's around, such a good point. It might have been a little bit of that too that I was feeling. Like you don't want to, uh, you don't want to let people down. I'll say, I, you know, I before we teed off at uh, at Keeney, you know, I'm I'm showing up. It's you know, it's a a three friend versus you know, the, there was yeah. a little you know, a little dynamic there. Yeah, for sure. And once you tee off, though, it's just kind of like, all right, we're just golfing because you you see one somebody hit a bad shot, then. You hit a batch like you just realize it's just golf. Um, yeah, it's not like don't. I mean, additionally, I've been in rounds with people and I've had them where like you can't put anything together. Like you're missing yeah. every fairway, and, and it's tough. But uh, at least when it's coming off the rails like that, if you're in a match, it's also really easy not to care because you're you're probably already out of it. Like if you, if you can't put it together through eight holes, it's already over. Like just, yeah. just relax. Hopefully yeah. you get a skin on a hole or, or something. And yeah, it's all you can hope for, but <clears throat> I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. Ho- hopefully Jack still likes me. We'll see. Well, I mean, it's also, you, you'd only played it once before. Um, the course it's yeah. Right. Isn't that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a difficult course to begin with. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to make excuses for your score. You shot under a ninety. It's still it's still pretty good. Um, in a men's club event, you've got to hold everything out. Um, that when he told me I shot an eighty nine, I was like, wow, that's really impressive. I would have never guessed I shot under ninety today. Like I felt like I played exceptional. I mean, I'm usually not happy with an eighty nine in general, but I, if you told me I shot under ninety five, I would have been happy. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, it. It happens, it, you know, it happens. Yeah. I, so many times I, I go out, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to crush this men's club today. And then, you know, good old 88. And I'm like, Sick. you know, what my dad always used to tell me, Brian, I'm going to give you some advice or not, not some advice, but just like a saying that has always stuck with me. Uh, some days you get the bear and some days the bear gets you. And I think that is a perfect phrase to encapsulate golf. Because that's very, very much true on any given day. Yeah, and we both—they're bare up by you. Oh, I mean, I'm sure not like right near me because I'm kind of like in not a city, but like in the very you're populated not, area. But there's really certainly normal. bears in this region of New York. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, well, yeah, I, I get you. Uh, I'm not trying to let a bear ever get me. Um, no, no, no. Um, enough be. about me though, and enough about bears. I want to hear about you, Brian. Did you play some golf this previous week? I believe you have. Sure did. Uh, last second, um, had 
you know, family fun packed weekend. Went to the the beach Friday night, got some ice cream, uh, ate dinner down there. It was it was a lovely event. Saturday morning, took Charlotte to see some farm animals, and it was it was a doozy. Sunday we had a baptism uh, for my niece. Um, In the name so of our Lord, it, it was packed. Um, so I had to the, figure wait, out. Wait, the baptism was packed. Oh, the weekend. The weekend was packed. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I was going to figure, say, like, that's okay. yeah. No, I I had to figure out a, a way to um to get some golf in. So booked a last minute tee time for Sunday morning, uh, six twenty. Uh, that was a men's club tee time, by the way. So pretty pumped about that. Was able to slide into a uh, into a threesome that was already available. One of the benefits. Your... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's is just one of the benefits of being like... a single. Is you? Can... Yeah, yeah. Do you have to tee off in a certain hours time, hour time, like between like six and 10 or something? Uh, It's a wider range than that, but yeah, they set up. So the way they did it or the way they've told me, they explained to everyone that they're doing it this year because um, they had, they've had the most members they've ever had Mm -hmm. Um, is if so many people signed up, they would make an additional event on the other course. So you didn't have to wait until like, 12 o'clock for a tea time in the men's club got it they would just send off another event i've only played in eight events that hasn't happened in any of the events i've played in my latest okay. tea time was maybe 10 o'clock um, yeah but to answer uh your question yes they actually do allow it was so funny i've never heard this before people in my group uh golfed with a great group of guys um cliff matt and mark but um they call wait no sp- way i played with a guy named cliff that friday afternoon round oh actually never mind his name was griff not griff. Uh, griff. sorry that's okay gr- go ahead uh griffin i think his full name yeah was probably yeah, 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 yeah probably griffin um they called him street players what and, yeah they were like i can't believe they let street players out here um before our men's club and i i never heard that Phrase. like civilians yes. <laughs> like, yeah, like they saying. don't like they're 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 street people they're not they're not men's club people i like i wow. mean they, mark and matt were both ones on the scorecard which meant they're probably like a three or a two okay for their handicap yeah. they, they both played really they well. can golf cliff, their ball yeah yeah cliff was a six so he i mean he played really well too but um yeah i thought that was an interesting term never heard that phrase used before but it was used because there were people in front of us that weren't in the men's club and, but they didn't hold us up. We still played a four hour round um, nice. and people were like, well, that early you should play quicker. The thing is you still have to hold out every shot. Um, it, it does yeah. take time. People mark. I mean, I would say putts. four hours for a foursome in an organized, like an organized event for lack of a better term. I think that's about par for the course. I think it's fine. I mean, it's not, it, I, and it's like it's not a quick walk like i don't know i want to i don't want to get into the walking versus riding thing because yes if, if you were just playing with like if you had your own cart and you yeah you yeah i get it I get right it. um but anyways we're playing the gilead side the event is skins um so the um and then the side event is just your individual score gross and net so you, <clears throat> that was the side game. So 
I I didn't end up winning any skins. I had two birdies, but they were on holes that I didn't stroke on. So what birdies just, did you have? So I had a birdie on number four, which is a, the downhill par four. Um, Very short. You're not hitting much off it. Dude, Kev, I hit a hybrid. Yeah. I held the tree line so good. I ended up 50 yards, I think, from the from the flag. Like, it was sick. No way. Chipped it, it landed in the fringe, rolled up to about 12 inches, 18 inches yeah. maybe, and I tapped in the birdie. Um, and then on the back, that that par three, um, the 13th hole that's over all the reeds. Over the reeds? Yeah. Yeah, I put it to, I'd say about 20 feet, and then I just rolled it in. Oh, drip drop. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was pumped about it. I also find that a lot uh, more difficult of a hole than the number 16 handicap, but that's probably something I should take up with black. You can't really miss there. Like, there's nowhere to miss. There's You have to no, hit the green. It, Dude, and it's so bad that they just give you this drop zone on the other side. Granted, it is the distance that, like, your ball would have last crossed, but, like, it just – it's a joke. Like, people should – you should really have to read it. I completely agree. I I completely agree with it. It's just such a difficult, and especially for your shot shape. Like if anything, you want to hit like a draw into that. Yes, because it's just trees all down the left, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyways, I'll just I'll go through around r- real. Quick. Yeah, yeah. Run me through. But uh, but I, so I played well overall. Um. So started with a bogey, um, bogey on the first hole. I parred the second, bogeyed the third with a three putt. Now, this was kind of frustrating because the I only putted it. I left my birdie putt short because I watched a guy putt before me shoot it like ten feet fucking past, <laughs> and he he like was a similar distance for me, and I was like, oh geez. So then I left it wicked short, and I missed it by a couple inches. So yeah, like, three putt bogeys they're just fucking difficult. Next hole, I I birdied like I'd said earlier, so I got that back. I felt okay. I felt like we kind of evened it out there. Yeah. Um, one over through back to one over through four. Um, then I three put bogey the next hole, and I was really just like you. It it was almost to the point, Kev, where you're you're just kind of like laughing at yourself, like you you missed the putt, and then you're just like, you got to be kidding me! Like they're they're not doubles. They're not triple. Like these guys are making pars. They're not like, yeah, I'm not laugh it off, whatever. Tap it in for your fucking bogey. Yeah. You're two over through five. Yeah. Two over through five with things have been worse. Three putt bogeys. Yeah. Um, And you're hitting your ball. Well, it sounds like so. Yeah. I I mean, um, yes. Yeah. Um, I par the next four holes. Um, so you fin- you turn it two over. That's correct. Turn with a. Let's three. go. Yeah, no, it, it was it, it was very nice. Kev, I hit uh six straight greens from holes three to eight. Um, yeah, no, hard to complain felt, about that. It, it felt great. Like I, I kept every drive in play. I, I just was giving myself opportunity. It was preferred lie. Um, it was really wet, so it allowed me to at least just wipe off all the water off the ball first. Yeah. Yeah, so the preferred lies definitely um, 
helped to take the moisture off. You know, sometimes you could get a ball just fly the other fucking way. Like it, it, it oh, was yeah. covered, covered in water. Um, but yeah, so turned in 38, felt um yep. Turn it two over, turning two over. When's the last time you turned at two over? Um like I, not I this year? I I may have done, you know, I shot a 78 earlier this year at Gilead, but actually I Nope, that's Anderson. Oh. Ooh, shot a 39 on the front. Anderson, go, Brian. Um, I shot a 78 earlier this year at Gilead, but for some reason, oh yeah, I do have it right here. It was a third, yep, it was a 39-39. Um okay, so lowest yeah. nine of the year so far. Yes. Um yeah, no, felt uh no, felt strong turning. Uh granted, I'm never really confident on the back nine here. So it was yeah, fuck this back nine. It, yeah, it, it it was definitely a little tough. Um, so make the turn, and you're crossing the street, right? Yes, going to a par okay. five. Uh, yeah, temple. Okay. Um, play it smart. Hit a driver in um, just off the fairway. Hit a hybrid up to about a hundred. Put it on the green. I two putt for a par. Uh, okay. Next hole, par three, downhill. Put it into a fucking bunker. I get out and I two putt. I, it, it just like okay. yeah three over through 11 nothing nothing to yeah, uh, no, hang your head we're working with it uh next hole is a par five uh crush the fairway uh put my second shot to about 120 um no sorry uh put my second shot down to about 72 yards um in front of the green and i just i i took out a sand wedge i opened it up way too much i left it like 10 yards short of the green but I chipped up um, to probably about three feet and made the par putt. Nice. Yeah. So you're what three over now? Yep, three over okay. through. Um, let me ask you about this par five because this is the most ridiculous par five in the world. But how do you play? Do you just like hit the fairway then like lay up down right? Yeah. So I pretty much um, I aim for the end of the left side of the fairway. My ball will yeah. work back to the right. Um, yeah. And then. If I get all of it, that'd leave me like 230 to the front of the green. But okay. that's also having to carry like 220 of water. All yeah, of exactly. It. So I aim probably 35 degrees to the right. And I aim towards that huge bunker, still about the same distance as the green. Yeah. And it will leave me between 80 and 50 yards to the front. Got it. Okay. I'm always just wondering, because that's like the stupidest hole in the on the planet. Yeah, well, longer players like I've been playing with people recently that they're like, oh, they haven't rung the bell yet. And I was like, I, I don't make it down the tier. But like I've played with some guys that do. So like it going for that green and two is so much more doable. Additionally, if you're comfortable hitting a 230 shot for some people, that might just be a hybrid. Um, I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's my three wood. And that's all of my three wood. And I better have helping win. It's one thing when you're 230 shot, you need to cover like the first 150 of it. But when you need to cover the first 225 of it, it's a very different Correct. decision that you have to make. You the know? trajectory of the ball, you're, you're, if you landed it there and that's your number, you're going over the green because your ball would be coming in way too high. It's not a super deep green, if I remember no. correctly. Either no, it's more it like very wide and narrow, right? And, and once you drop like, off, it drops the fuck off. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. Yeah, You're three no, no, over through it, what? Twelve. It's number two handicap. It's a difficult yeah. par five. Yeah. Um. 
So then we move over to, so I'm three over. Uh, we move over to the number 13 par three, um, playing 160 yards. Uh, the one I said over the reeds, put it to about 20 feet, rolled in the birdie putt. Felt awesome about that. It felt really good, Kev. I had five holes left. I'm sitting at two, two over. Two over, five to play? Okay. Um, and, and I felt good. Hit the next two fairways. Uh, missed the next two greens. Oh, two no. putt both holes. Bogey both holes. Four over. Okay. Um, next hole, par four, um, which is a dog leg left. Uh, plays kind of long. Um, downhill? What did you say? Like dog leg, leg left downhill kind of, right? It, it you're well yeah a little bit downhill you've got to hit over a bunch of reeds it's like what the shoot you hit hit out of isn't an issue it's just you have to hit out of a shoot towards some bunkers um and then the fairway goes uphill to an uphill green um anyways i was I about just, like 185 yards out um yeah. put my yeah sorry all right, so I'm on the wrong hole. Blah, 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 blah. Let's just restart. Hole number 16 is a dog leg left downhill. Yes, you are thinking of the correct hole. Oh, okay. I yeah. was going to say, I'm like, I, I have no idea where I am now. No, okay, the, the hole that I was describing was the previous hole, which is a Got dog it. leg left uphill. But yeah. anyways, so dog leg left downhill, hit a great hybrid in the middle of the fairway. I'm probably 100 yards out put one right on the green fifth maybe like 15 feet away um sick look at birdie roll it past by like six feet miss the comebacker three putt bogey is that your third three putt bogey third three putt bogey okay third and you're bogey only five um and it puts me at five over through okay. 16 okay Next hole, missed the fairway, missed the green, pressure's on, uh, chipped it close, made the putt for a par. Okay. When when you're missing that fairway, missing that green, where where are you right now? Like, are you like, fuck, the wheels are falling off? Like, I have this really good round going. It was like, a horrible tee right? shot. Yeah, I like my, uh, on 17, I, I left the club open. It flared out to the right. Um, I was in the rough. I probably had 175 uphill. Um, okay to the green i missed it just right i was just off um but at the same time i felt like i opened the club face which two shots in a row isn't a good feeling um sure. so i leave myself green side way too far to put it so i chip it and rolls out a little bit further than i would have liked for a par putt um but still made the par ice in his veins okay um five over going into 18 18 um missed the fairway to the left i'm about 10 yards short of a bunker um uh, once i hit it everyone was like great shot and i was like fuck because i've i've been definitely hitting the ball further recently and i was like in my head i said fuck i when people say good shot especially if they're better than me i'm gonna say thank you um <laughs> and yeah you know see where it goes um because maybe they just have a better eye for the course than i do so it's heading towards the bunker i'm like ah shit um but i get up there i'm just short of the bunker um it, i'm like 128 yards i think to the flag i'm in the rough i was like i'm gonna take a nine iron um 
let's let's just try to get this up onto the front of the green. Um, I put this thing all it, it fucking jumps on me all the way to yeah. the back of the green. Huge downhill putt. Um, but I'm on. So I'm on a regulation. My first putt. Um, I thought I had a great look. It just runs out, but it keeps running out probably to about three and a half feet for to, to save par. Um, but I do save par. Um, come home in 39 um, for a five over 77, which in the men's Fuck. club, yeah, uh, dude. that was a 68, um, a net 68. Fuck yeah. Dude, it's nice that there's two consistent nines with that mm-hmm. too. Like two, two rounds in the 30s. What a fucking oh my god, that's exhilarating. Um one one of your best rounds in, in recent memory, or if not ever, or it's what it ties my best you. round uh for 18. I shot with you um in the men's club, I shot a 76 at Stanley, which was also a or which was a par 71, which would be also five over. Yeah. Um it which I Again, both rounds were in the 70s. I'm pretty sure it was a 37 39. Um, this was a 38 39. Um, earlier this year when I shot the 78, I was pretty pumped about that. That was a 39 39. So, I I do agree, there's really something that makes you feel so much better about having two nines in the 30s. Um, right. I mean, granted, if you're gonna break 80. And not, you're probably shooting like a like a one really really good night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. that that's different. But damn, dude, that's fucking sick. The boys are hot right now, bro. Uh, listen, I mean, we, uh, my uh, index dropped down to a ten point three from an eleven point two. Ooh, let's get a match on the books. Um, so I've got I've got three rounds that I can play with before my next round comes off. So I'm I'm pretty stoked, dude. I'm 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 really excited to for the opportunity to try to get into single digits. Um but I don't want it to be like nine nine. Like I don't want to be a nine nine. Like you want to be like nine five or below. Probably, yeah, give me right? a nine yeah. two. Nine two I'm yeah. feeling strong about strong about a nine two. Dude, one um, more of these you'll you'll be right there. Were yeah, you, but you Kev, playing. You guys play what the blue tees right there, right? Yeah, yeah. W- what's the rating? At, so out of curiosity, was, so we were all. I, I I'm an eleven at Gilead. I played to a ten from the blues. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. Today, okay. I so pretty close. A, on that day, I played from a nine. So it's a sixty nine point three, and the slope is one twenty three. Okay, um, yeah. But so the thing is, Kev, it's a course that I have good feels on. Like there, yeah. there's this whole like I think that's why like my, my lowest scores at Gilead. I mean, I black ledge always seemed to be at Gilead. But when I looked after, you know, you look at the gin app and differential from this round, seven point one. Shot a seventy seven. My differential seven point one. So to get to a nine point one. I just got to keep shooting 79s. Well, yeah. that fucking doesn't sound very reasonable. Just shoot one of them. Like, if you shoot one more oh, well, yeah, yeah, in the I 70s agree. there, I bet you'll be below 10. 
in the next like five, three to five rounds or whatever. Dude, you want to know what I was thinking about? Or what I was just thinking about that I think is kind of when you shot your 76 at Stanley. Yeah. I thought it was I remember giving you shit because it was like a week to the day after I broke yeah. 80 for the first time. I shot yeah. 77 with you at Twin Hills. And then fucking same shit happens this time. Literally like a week to the day after I shoot the best round of my life, you come back at me. You're like, bro, I just shot a 77. Well, well, like, I, you shot on, bro. You, you did shoot better, but it did it did make me you know step up the game and you know but See, we're we light that fire I, I i love it i i mean i won one won a little bit more money in the men's club um mm-hmm. you know it's it's burning a hole in my pocket Ken, honestly i'm so nervous because i chip so well with the wedges that i have that i'm nervous to just spend this on wedges and then like what if i just suck with them granted yeah i could just sell them dude but- trust me you Actually, I'm not really sure because I I think you and I play our short game very differently than one another. Definitely, I keep you, the ball. You are much way. more of like a you you like you hit your bump and runs. You'll do those like the eight iron chips and things like that. Like I I kind of like to be like the either like the higher shots or like the more aggressive like one bounce stop spinning shots kind of thing. So like I'm loving the new wedges for that reason. Whereas I feel like you're more of like the the bump and run, get the ball on the ground faster. Yeah, I use my like, 52 a lot. I I mean, I keep the ball yeah. a lot lower where people use a lot more loft, um, especially around the greens. Um, Even when I hit a low one, I I still use my 60-degree wedge if I'm off of a um like a tight lot. Soft hands, man. That's that's it's that's awesome. The ability having that ability to do that is great. I just I don't trust myself to do it. It's uh, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, it's just weird how like, you like that's that's the cool thing about golf. Like you do what works for you. Like there's not like a right or wrong way to do anything necessarily. I mean, Brian Harmon just yeah. proved that right. Hundred um, percent. You know what I thought was interesting? I saw and I don't think I screenshotted it. Um, I saw this article that Golf Digest put up about. Yeah. Your equipment, uh, your equipment being non-conforming, and okay. the article essentially said that, like, uh, the USGA changed their. I think the USGA is the governing body. Um, their rules, maybe in 06 mm-hmm. about grooves on clubs. Yeah. Um. So essentially, every club made before them is non-conforming as of january 1st 2023 and it won't be enforced until january of 2024 um now the article went on to go say like your local club is not going to enforce things like this but only wait clubs made before 2006 you're saying would yeah. will be non-conforming because yeah i didn't know the grooves used to be different like they used to be like they're like I think the grooves now are more of like a U shape, like a a U shape, whereas they used to be like um, almost like more squared off, and they were like sharper. Um, I forget. Yeah, no. I, the reason I had looked at the article was because I have a club that. Um, 
is definitely that old. And I was looking at the wedge. I was like, you know, I've got a wedge that looks like that. And it made me think of it. And that I, you know, the time doesn't really add up. I think the wedge is a little bit older, but it made mm-hmm. me just kind of dig into the article. And now, now I can't find that it. That is interesting. Um, Just one of the random things I thought was interesting. Well, just if you're going to, you may as well just play it safe and get yourself some new wedges that were made in 2023, Brian. I mean, you have that that pro shop credit, and you already have one. You already have a fifty six, right? And just you just get the get a couple to match her. Yeah, but the, I mean, I don't know if I want to commit to the Vokies. Maybe I want to be a uh, a gay uh... dude. Come be a Cleveland boy I with could me. Be a Cleveland guy. I could be a Mizuno guy. I could be. I mean, I feel like there's just so many options out there. I just because I won a raffle and I grabbed a, a 56, I don't think that should just make me a, a, a Vokey guy. I don't know. I think. Yeah. Dude, so, you know what I'm loving the most about my new wet or other than the fresh grooves. I think the fresh grooves is like the thing I am loving the most, but um, this, I got a, I wanted to get a 60 degree with really low bounce. I think I might've already talked to you about this, but I'm loving the low bounce 60 degree wedge. Cause it, you what can just like do bounce? so much more Huh? What what is the bounce on your 60? I don't Cleveland just says low, mid, and high. And I have my 50 and my 54 are mid, and then that one's low. Um oh, but it it's nice because number? like it like I can hit like flop shots with like I with my bomb tech. I felt like there was too much bounce on it, and you couldn't really like get those like kind of like floppy type shots with it as much or like as easy. Um, but I let you just fucking slide right under that bitch. It's great. All right, well, maybe I'll have to get back to the pro shop and uh, use some of that credit that's been burning a whole lot. I mean, I still got to accumulate some. You know, we've still got still got time left in the season. I've only played in eight events. It's not even August yet. I've still got, I'd, I'd say. It's not I've even next cup season. <laughs> I've got four events left in me, I, I'd say, before the end of the year. I'd say I've got four yeah. men's club events in me. When does the men's club end? Honestly, dude, it goes into, like, until you can't. I bet you have, like, caps. six. Well, it 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 does get to a point though where I'm not going to play in them. No, I know, but like we still have like even if like think about it, you have like five like eight or nine weeks until the end of September, and if you play at least half of those, probably even like another week, that's six weeks that you're playing. Yeah, I've been averaging two tournaments um, a month, pretty much. Oh, okay. April. I feel like you've been playing more than that, but yeah, two not. in April, two in May, two in June, two in July. Got it. Okay. Well, I hope um, I hope you get at least four, and we'll we'll hope for six. Yeah, I mean, and I want to get out to some other courses. We've got to plan our next our our next meetup. Um, I don't care where it is. I think the next one has to be Crumpin. I um yeah, I, I've hit that. twenty courses for the year. By the way, that's awesome. I I don't know. I might be at fifteen. Um, that's awesome. I might even be past i feel like i've i've missed a course or two i could be wrong about that guy. though yeah um guy. all right but you want to uh you want to roll with our picks and then uh get on out of here absolutely so this week we've got the 3m uh the 3m Three open. M. that's we're working on their marketing we're going to try to be their new spokespeople okay i'm in um so pickums 
Um, do you have your picks, Kevin? Yeah, I do. Um, once I uh, get logged in here, I will at least. I have. I, I went with all matchups again this week. I'll have you know that, Brian. Um, why is it's not letting me log in? Am I? Am I? Oh, there we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so this is these like kind of no name events become really interesting this time of year because there's also a lot of guys that are trying to qualify for the playoffs or guys that are trying to play their way onto the Ryder Cup team and oh, shit yeah. like that. So I feel like you get like I don't think like JT would typically be playing in the three M, for example. No, you know what I mean. Um, but also, I mean, the man. Not looking super sharp out there. Uh, but, buddy, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's not letting me log in. Do you have yours? I do. I do. Uh, yeah, hit me with yours. <clears throat> no problem at all. So, I completely agree. Definitely. Um, this event is uh, one that typically doesn't get a lot of the stars. But, um, you know, I think the non-designated events, one of the things that we've seen is that they've become a lot more interesting because a lot more people have actually been playing them uh, this year. And at this point in the season, um, Justin Thomas is trying to make it into the the top 70. He is outside the bubble right now, I think. Um, And yeah, I want to say he's he's around like 85. Oh, okay. I was going to say 85, but then I was going to say, I also might just be thinking of like basically what he shot last Friday. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys sitting outside Adam Scott sitting outside Shane Lowry sitting outside Gary Woodland. um, That's surprising to me that Adam Scott's, I feel like Adam Scott's been having like a really good year. And honestly, so like both of those guys, him and Shane Lowry are both on my fantasy team. And I've been like, pretty content with how they've been playing overall. So that's kind of surprising to me now. And I, I do agree. Now uh, there isn't a lot of points that do differentiate, differentiate these guys like KH Lee is sitting at 70th at 567. Justin Thomas is only 21 points behind him at 546. Um, okay. So the, you know, there is definitely a lot in these events for them to play for. Um, but anyways, um, I ended up going with a top, um a finishing placement and then two matchups um gonna gotta change it up gotta try to do something differently so i'm going with nicolay hoygaard t40 um i like that he's a stud i just think he's gonna get it done um and then i'm gonna also piggyback onto that and i'm gonna take hoygaard to beat sahithagala in this tournament um i just i think i heard that water comes into play on like 15 holes of this yeah. golf course. Um, driving accuracy is important. Um, Sahithagala has shown throughout his career. Um, great guy, thick eyebrows, very smart, but he can't drive the ball straight for shit. So no. um, he's proved that time and time again. Kind of ironic. He you know, sets a record for most cuts made in a row, and then he misses the last two cuts because he can't drive the ball straight. So um, I'm going to take uh, Nikolai Hoygaard over Sahithagala for the tournament. And then last but not least, hoping to go 3-0 this week. Feel very strong about these picks. Um, I've got Ludwig Aberg, uh to beat Justin Thomas in the tournament. Um, I understand that Justin Thomas needs to win. 
uh, or not just he, he needs to play well. Um, it's a huge factor in his season continuing um, and maybe him not having to play the Wyndham next week. Yeah. But honestly, if Cinderella stories were just like, it, just because it makes a good story, it doesn't happen. Like Ricky Fowler didn't make the Masters last year. Like that, it's just, it, it's not all Completely story beginnings. And Justin Thomas has been playing like shit. Like there's, there's just no two ways to spin it. So um, it's tough. I could get totally. burned by those. They could, Both of those players are both really good golfers um, that I just bet against. So we'll see. I'm just going off of the eye test of what I've seen recently. It's actually funny. So I have a couple of first round leaders in and uh, I had Ludwig. Ludwig in as one and Sahith in as one. I also have Patrick Rogers and Aaron Rye. I think I've joked with you that Aaron Rye is notorious for just being like, yeah, Aaron Rye, the best first round player in the world and like not making the cut. And Patrick Rogers had a really good tournament last weekend at the Barracuda. So watch out. Um, But anyway, those are not my picks, my picks for you, Brian, I have uh, Patrick Rogers to beat Mark Hubbard for the tournament. I have Sepp Straka to beat Emiliano Grillo for the tournament. And then I have Eric Cole to beat JJ Spawn. All of those are actually, that's not true. That's P-Raj. so funny. I almost looked at uh, Grillo and Spawn. Oh, really? Yeah. That's but, so funny. But you're beating me in this event. So my, my fourth that I have in that's not going to be one of my bets is actually our boy that we were just discussing, Gary Woodland, to beat Adam Hadwin. Okay. All right. Gary, I, Gary Woodland is another one who really needs to step it up. He's sitting at 436 points. He's got, he really needs, um, you know, like a top 10 finish to, uh, Oh yeah. To, well, to hopefully he can do that for me. Yeah. No, I'm excited. So, uh, do you have a, do you, have, you got a golf plan this weekend? I will play, I'll play Friday after work. That's just been my bag. Um, and then other than that, I'm not entirely sure we're, um, I don't know. I'll probably play one more time at some point, but I don't really know when or where that's going to happen. And I'm just going to kind of fly by the seat of my pants. How about you? I've got nothing planned, but, uh, I'm going to try to get out Sunday. Maybe another little last minute 77 for the young man. What do you think about that? It'd make the gin look real good on Monday morning. Let me tell you, I'd feel I'd be all smiles about that. All smiles. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And then we need to we need to start working on um, a little trip out to Crump and Fox so we can start planning that soon. But uh, I think that has to be the next match. Yep, I agree. I'm in. Fuck yeah. All right, buddy. Well, it's been real. It's been really real. Congrats on the fucking 77. That's elite. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it it was a great round. I mean, especially like I shoot five over. I have three three putt bogeys. Like I just I I I even left some out there on the table for sure. Um, it was just nice to see what I'm able to do, and everything's uh kind of um all running on on good cylinders. Shit. Well, many many more to come, right? That's right. That's a goal. Fuck yeah. All right. I'm uh, I'm Kevin O'Coin. I'm Brian Ackley. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. Peace.